0: Hey, Dr. Axe here. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This week, I have an incredible guest. It's Kelly Levesque. And she is a holistic nutritionist, a wellness expert, and a celebrity health coach based in Los Angeles, California. And she's extremely passionate about the science of human nutrition. And she helps her clients, including a lot of celebrities, Uh, you know, really accepted diet that's based on the latest research, but also things that have been proven for thousands of years. And I know actually after spending time going through her website, flipping through her book, we actually share a lot of the same nutritional philosophy. So I'm so excited to have her here and sharing with you today. Kelly, hey, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Dr. Axe. It's such a pleasure.
0: Well, awesome! Why not? We got a lot of great stuff to talk about. I'm excited to talk about your new book, Body Love, and really go through, you know, a lot of things. Some of your favorite superfoods uh, that can help with everything from hormones to weight loss to improving our energy and anti-aging. And uh, you know, we're going to go through, you know, a few fitness things, mindset stuff. But uh, one of the first questions I always like to ask people is, you know what is it that sort of got you into holistic nutrition? Now, I knew you grew up in California. In fact, we just connected before here, uh, talking about how my, my, my uh, Chelsea, her mom, uh, grew up in Orange County, California. That's where you're at now. And I know that growing up like in California, like there, there, there are a lot of health options you know, out where you're at. So my guess is maybe that had something to do with it. But what really sort of drove you into this you know, realm of holistic nutrition?
1: Yeah, actually, um, being in Southern California, there's so much fresh produce and access to the outdoors. I could surf in the morning and drive up to Big Bear and snowboard in the afternoon. In high school, like I could be really active. I could eat really clean. But actually, what made me most interested in health and nutrition was my first science class in high school. I took health as my as a freshman. So actually it was my first science class in high school health. Um, I loved the course concept, you know, the, the, the whole course curriculum. I felt like everything I was reading really stuck. And my family was a Costco family. I mean, I grew up on taquitos and bagel bites and what was considered healthy was chicken, rice, and an iceberg. Lettuce salad, and you know, talk about a lack of nutrient density. I mean, there are, those are healthy foods, but it we're not talking about omega-3 rich salmon, you know, deep phytochemical types of vegetables like kale, like none of that was on the table. So learning a little bit about this stuff in high school really like spurred my interest. And then I went down a rabbit hole. And at that time, the only thing that was available was for me to read books like Atkins, South Beach, Protein Power. Um, And so I got my hands on all of that subscribed to every like health related women's magazine from women's, um, health to self and all of the rest. And then, um, went to university of Southern California for undergrad. And my two favorite, you know, my favorite course at USC was nature of human health and disease. And I had to write my, my final paper was on diabetes. So, um, it was, it was my thesis and that was really, you know. That's really when it became obvious to me that I needed to do something in health. Um, and unfortunately, unfortunately, my dad, when I was graduating from college, cut me off. He was like, "That's it. You know, I've raised you. You're a big girl. The minute you graduate, you need to be able to take care of yourself." And so, I ended up starting a corporate career in the health side. I spent eight years in cancer and genetics before going out on my own in um, in nutrition and having a private practice here in Los Angeles. But I've always, always, always loved the research. I loved being able to distill down PubMed research for my clients who were in the cancer space. And so I used that eight years of schooling in the real world to then turn around and start using that data um, as a, you know, really researching it as a hobby and then being able to share information to my clients and my friends um, in my practice today.
0: Wow, I love that. You you said a couple of things here that I'm excited to really connect on. Is hearing more about you know what you know to be some of the most powerful you know foods and strategies for overcoming blood sugar issues, and then also cancer. Let, let's let's start with blood sugar. You know, I think that maybe not a lot of men and women realize how blood sugar affects so many areas of the body. I think when people hear blood sugar, they tend to think of diabetes, and it's the first thing. And that absolutely blood sugar imbalance imbal- issues are a chief cause of diabetes. But in addition, conditions like PCOS in women, that's polycystic ovary syndrome. They call Alzheimer's disease type three diabetes. And so we know blood sugar is also key. You know, this this hormone insulin for hormones, which can affect women's hormones, men's hormones. Talk to me about what are some of your top strategies and recommendations for people for balancing blood sugar and, and hormones to help things like PCOS?
1: Uh, I feel like you just teed up the best question you could ever ask me because my books are all about blood sugar balance. And we do that by focusing on what we add to our plate. So I created um, a healthy checklist of things I want my clients looking for on their plates. It's not about what you don't eat, it's not a deprivation list that you don't need a PDF to eat. You just think about adding four things to your plate to support your body's natural natural homeostasis of blood sugar balance. So those four things are protein, healthy fat, non-starchy, fiber-rich vegetables, so looking for fiber, and then leafy greens. So that's like... How are we going to get the most nutrient density? How are we going to get um, those foods that really support blood sugar balance? And so I look, we look for healthy proteins on our plates. Which you know, if you're looking for really um, the really like the best proteins for nutrient density, I like things like wild salmon. I love um, grass-fed beef and bison. Um, You know, even shellfish. Things like um, things like uh, small fish like sardines. Really, it's just about increasing and increasing all those amino acids that your body needs, and it's really satisfying. So I'm I love that protein is so is the macronutrient that's super satisfying because it allows for people to elongate um, their blood sugar curve. It allows them to elongate the window between meals so that they're not snacking on things that really dysregulate blood sugar. So protein is a big pillar of the Fab Four. The second is the healthy fat, and that's just going to slow down digestion. It's going to help make all of those biochemicals more bioavailable in, in your veggies. So I love things like avocados, coconut oil. So, so, so,
0: so, so explain that to everybody because it's a good point. I don't think a lot of people have brought this up. You mentioned fat helps bioavailability. So are there any nutrients specifically that fat can help, you know, absorption? Because you sort of mentioned that.
1: Yeah. So when you think about antioxidants, um, antioxidants and fat-soluble vitamins are fat-soluble, meaning you need fat. To break them down and absorb them, and make them bioavailable in your body. So we're thinking about vitamins like A, D, E, K. We're talking about phytochemicals that are great for the fatty tissues of our of our body, like our brain, like lutein, zeaxanthin, like all of those all of those fat soluble phytochemicals are really only available in healthy quantities when we're adding healthy fat to our meals. And it's so interesting because coming from back in the day when I would read all the diet books and you follow the diets growing up, everything was, you know, anti fat and weird Olean chips and things, (laughs) you know, all that gross processed food, snack well cookies. But the problem is, is without the fat, um, and we're not absorbing those healthy nutrients that protect us from the inside out. I'm, I'm really a um, proponent of healthy skin, um, which is why like even collagen in my um, Fab Four smoothie recipe, which is a smoothie based on adding the Fab Four into your blender, um, nice. and really a blood sugar balancing smoothie, it's not a big fruit bowl. It's the proteins, the healthy fats, fibers like chia and flax, and a big handful of leafy greens. Um, but even just thinking about how we can add those things to our plate to increase our, the bioavailability of all that stuff really helps protect our skin. You know, I was just diving in and I'm, I'm about to share like a big article on skin health you know everyone's topically adding antioxidants to their skin and adding vitamin c and slathering on all this stuff but we know that diet and um, protecting ourselves from uv rays is actually what protects skin the best so it's really about what we're eating and I just don't like my clients to feel overwhelmed so it's about adding and nourishing it's a it's really like if you're out at a restaurant how can you add a side salad how can you guys share the side of Broccoli, adding that fiber and leafy greens to your plate, making sure you're having a healthy source of protein and fat. I mean, it's not rocket science, um, but synergistically they, those things work together to support blood sugar balance, regulate hunger hormones, and really ensure that you're getting a lot of nutrients on your plate.
0: I love it. And by the way, your mind frame is so fantastic because, like, when I when I used to operate my functional med, medicine clinic and do consults, you know, there's no doubt that when you tell somebody and you focus on the things they can't have. For all of us, myself included, you tell me what I can't have. You, you, there's something that causes you to think about that. And it's like somebody is taking away my joy, right? Versus Absolutely. You, versus you. I mean, again, it's hey, add these things in, make these easy swaps, you know, make it simple. And by the way, your FAB four is so similar to, I mean, pretty much I I've said something similar. It's you need protein, you need healthy fats, you need uh fiber. And I would always say antioxidants, but you're right, phytonutrients. It's it's that that thing and so that is so key for so many people tell, tell me an example of you know have you just share and i know you probably have hundreds but share an example of somebody who was struggling with some specific health issues they followed your plan your fab 4 and what sort of results did they see in their in their body
1: yeah, well, I would say, um, you know, there's a, a probably a fifteen to twenty percent of my practice which ha- deals with polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a, you know elevated insulin and it's um, insulin resistance manifesting itself in ovarian dis- and o- an ovarian disease that is controlled with diet. And so, what I was seeing was I can think of one client in particular and the internet is hard and instagram is hard because you see young women especially in hollywood who maybe just have a oatmeal latte and a banana for breakfast and they're following these like low calorie fruit plant based only plant based diets and what i saw with that person that was they were having a hard time managing their blood sugar they were starting their day with a banana and it, and an oat milk latte, which is mostly carbohydrates, all carbohydrates. And so that's all breaking down and digesting to blood sugar. Her blood sugar was spiking up and crashing down. She was starting to feel hungry, cranky, irritable. 90 minutes, three hours later, she's in the tank, like shaky thinking about snacking, wanting to have lunch, but holding off. And that's that becomes a problem. I see it multiple times, not just with the client I'm thinking of specifically, but it's that blood sugar roller coaster that really increases cravings. And you're not gonna be able to white knuckle it. You really have to feel satisfied and for women, especially like having protein, whether it's bone broth protein or collagen protein, I know you have a line of proteins. I've recommended them to my clients. I love the quality ingredients that you use. Um, but having protein in the morning for for women was something that a lot of women were afraid of. They might have one egg, which is only six grams of protein. So I see it. I see a, an issue when they aren't starting their day with protein. So this client specifically, I put her on my Fab Four smoothie, which is 20 grams of protein from the protein source that you'd like to use, whether that's pea protein, grass-fed beef protein, bone broth protein, collagen protein, whatever that may be, protein, a tablespoon of healthy fat, one to two tablespoons of healthy fiber. Like I said, chia, flax, acacia fiber, Pick pick your favorite and then a big handful of leafy greens. And so for example, this client used a chocolate flavored protein, she used almond butter and chia seeds. So right there it's tasting like a chocolate almond butter cup. We added a big handful of spinach to get those leafy greens and phytochemicals in and I said I really want you to switch your breakfast to this. You don't have to eat it the minute you wake up, but I want you to eat it before you're like feeling starving and shaky because it's really important for us to really balance those hunger hormones and make you feel full. And a little bit, she was a little bit worried because she's worried about the calorie intake and I'm increasing her protein and she doesn't want to be bulky. And the exact opposite happened. Yeah, We decreased waist circumference. We increased lean muscle mass. She felt calm, more relaxed. Those cravings at two or three, four o'clock in the afternoon for sugar, coffee, carbohydrates, totally diminished. And she was better able to make better choices at lunch and and if she needed a snack between lunch and dinner and at dinner. And that's the thing is like I'm looking to bring women, specifically women when it comes to nutrition, off five to six to seven small meals a day, teach them how to eat foods that really regulate hunger hormones and make them feel full. And also make sure that they have enough protein, which I'm seeing as a is a big problem here in Los Angeles because most of the clients that I see have a lack of protein.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a great point. I can see that. And again, thinking about, and here's the crazy thing is, is that yeah, you know, when people are on, you mentioned social media. You know, when you have a banana, and listen, we know if somebody's an athlete and it's the summertime, especially, and you're having a banana, bravo, Delicious. fantastic, yeah. yeah but
1: every day, like,
0: if you're doing like oat milk, a lot of the, and listen, I I drink some oat milk. I think it's fine. But when you're having oat milk, you're right. It's probably there's probably you know thirty could be thirty grams of Sugar essentially in there, and then you have a banana. There's another 30 that's 60 grams of sugar for breakfast, and then you have nothing to slow it. You're right. I mean, that's going to cause major insulin issues, hormonal issues. And so, everybody listening here, this is fantastic advice. I, I totally, totally agree. Now, you've talked about healthy fats quite a bit. What are I read an article on your site? It was fantastic about coconut oil. Talk to us about why is coconut oil good? And then, what are your favorite fats that people should be trying to get in their diet?
1: Yeah, um, well, I love I love coconut oil. I love so many healthy fats like avocado oil and olive oil and all of that. But coconut oil is interesting because it's a really stable fat and it has a really high smoke point. So if anyone's using it to cook, it's not going to oxidize and create those free radicals that really our body then needs to neutralize. I also love coconut oil because it has specific acids like caprylic and lauric acid, which are good antifungal and antibacterial um, properties. So if someone has eaten a lot of carbohydrates and sugar. Um, those acids actually kill the cell wall of yeast and candida and our body can then um, naturally and, and easily get rid of it. And then it's, chock full of medium chain triglycerides, which is a really healthy brain fat and something that I personally, um, love, including in my diet, whether it's MCT oil or coconut oil. Um, I'm a huge fan. So it's again, another, one of those things where I might put a tablespoon of coconut oil into my coffee or another healthy fat I love in my coffee would be like a tablespoon of ghee, but I mostly use coconut oil for cooking, um, because I do love the stability of it. And, um, and I think it's delicious. You
0: know what's- interesting is i had somebody send me a message recently and they said dr rax you i saw you recommend coconut oil for cooking but yet the smoke point of certain oils like avocado oil and a few others they mentioned several others that were higher and here's the interesting thing there's a study that came out recently cuz we all we've probably heard that olive oil isn't the best for cooking but what was interesting this recent study it actually it actually showed this was just in the last year that olive oil even though it shows to have a lower smoke point it Resists oxidation and actually, actually degrading better than avocado, avocado oil and most other oils. Like it could actually be heated pretty high. So I think a lot of times people, you know, think that. um And let me say this too. I mean, olive oil has been used for cooking for
1: Millennia. thousands yeah. of yeah. years, yeah, like a long <laughs> time. Totally. And so is
0: coconut oil. So again, I just want to pre- like bring your point up. Something can start smoking, and some of these other oils that are, you know, the longer chains, they, they might start smoking, but I just wanted everybody to hear your point here is that you said it was stable. And that's the other thing is again, there it's, you know, it's double bonded. So when we're talking about coconut oil, just for everybody listening, this is such a good point by Kelly, because I also agree. It is the oil that I cook with. And I know other people are cooking with some of these monounsaturated oils, but coconut oil is more stable. Therefore it's good to cook with at least according to Kelly and me. And uh, anyways, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. I've just seen, it just made me get on this whole tangent because I, I've i seen that a lot.
1: Yeah, I, I actually saw the the study that you're referencing too. And I have had a couple of people that I've seen put out articles recently saying that you can cook with avocado oil and, and you can. I mean, there definitely are people that still do that. Um, but I prefer... When it comes to fruit oils like avocado and olive oil, for them to be cold pressed, um, because then I know that not only is the processing not breaking down um, the oil, but it's not breaking down those antioxidants. Yeah. So I'm really, you know, I'm looking at fat as a source of nutrients, not only as a source of fatty acids. Like, what kind of antioxidants can I get in that? And if you're getting a cold pressed, extra virgin type of an oil, I want all of those phytochemicals and nutrients to really be in, in the highest state. And cooking with it, you're going to break those down.
0: Love it. So one of the other things I've I've seen you talk about before is the importance of gut health, right? And so I know this is something we're both passionate about. Again, you know we t- we've talked about we talked about the blood sugar some, but also let's get into probably my favorite topic, and that's gut health. And I even look at the world today too, because I, my the thing I've been saying for a while now is immune health starts with gut health as well. You know, we need to be thinking about our immune systems today, but that starts in the gut. So talk to me about what are your top recommendations for, for everyone listening for getting a healthy gut, healthy gut microbiome? What are the top foods or just what, what are your recommendations there?
1: Yeah, well, I could, uh, well, I don't want to say beat a dead horse, but I like people really need to increase their fiber intake. The average American is getting less than 15 grams of fiber a day. And when we think about fiber, um, whether you know it's soluble, insoluble, or resistant starch, um, fiber is fuel for the probiotic bacteria that lives in our gut. And those guys ferment fiber, and they give off short chain fatty acids like butyrate, which then becomes fuel for our epithelial cells. And when you think about preventing leaky gut and you want to think about the integrity of your intestinal lining, that barrier of defense, that probiotic. I think about the inside of the intestines, like a beautiful wood floor, kind of like Harry Potter tunnel. And then on top of it is a shag rug of probiotic bacteria. And the thing is, is not only do you want a really proliferating, beautiful shag rug on top of that wood floor, you don't want scratches in that wood floor. And you want that wood floor to be like oiled and healthy. And the way to do that is to make sure that you're eating fiber so that that probiotic bacteria can give off those short chain fatty acids and then oil that beautiful wood floor. And then you're just Protected from the from the outside world, right? It's it's all allowing what's supposed to come in in and protecting us from endocrine disrupting chemicals, c- protecting us from really the things that our body then needs to fight and the things that create inflammation in the body and lay down the really um, the foundation for disease. So, it it doesn't have to be rocket science. It's really about eating plant foods that are rich in fiber and. Making sure that you're doing it consistently. I see sometimes people get really excited about going all in on something for like a day, but I'm always looking for consistency and sustainability. And that's really what the checklist of the Fab Four is about. Is like, okay, how can I do a little bit better? Can I add a little bit of something that's a fiber source? Can I add some leafy greens to this lunch or dinner or breakfast? Like what? Just it's just about nourishing and adding so that you have that consistency. And so yeah, I mean. Non-starchy vegetables are a phenomenal source of fiber. Chia, flax, like I said earlier, acacia fiber, psyllium, husk powder. Um, there are so many sources, so it like, doesn't need to be hard. Um, it just You just want to think about adding.
0: Hey, guys. Dr. Axe here. If you're someone who's looking to transform the health of your skin, your gut, and actually hit your weight loss goals, I'm so excited to share my new book with you. It's called The Collagen Diet. This book will teach you how collagen helps you maintain and transform every area of your body, especially your hormones, your skin, and your metabolism and gut health. Also, I have a 28-day plan to transform your health. It comes with over 70 delicious recipes, a supplement guide, and goes into ancient remedies to heal. And hey, if you've already purchased the collagen diet, Thanks for being on mission with me. And hey, please, and I'd appreciate it if you go on amazon.com and leave your review. Thanks again. And so, and, and sort, of, sort of talk to the audience too, everyone here about what are, like who should be, um, you know, everybody should be getting more fiber. And I love that point. And first off, that's, when I ask people about gut health, sometimes they go there more often it's probiotics. And, and I, I agree with you. Hey, well probiotics are important, but fiber is equally as important. It's, it's the fertilizer, you know, as you said, so important. What, what, um, what are some conditions or some, some things when you're recommending uh, either probiotics or more fiber to your patients that you've, you've seen getting more fiber, getting more probiotics uh, can actually help these specific conditions.
1: Yeah, I would say someone with blood sugar dysregulation, that's like obviously my bread and butter. It's something that I see um, as fiber and fat do the same sort of thing and they slow down the digestion of your meal and they prevent those really fast spikes and hard crashes. So if someone has um, high, if I see on a blood test, for example, I'm looking for like high A1C, high glucose levels, I'm increasing their fiber. If I see someone who has a poor cholesterol ratio, I'm increasing their fiber to recycle that old cholesterol and really increase gut health. If someone has polycystic ovarian syndrome, I'm looking to increase fiber. You know, there are times where we need to do it slowly. There are times when people have... I don't want to say poor digestion, where they might have low enzymes and hydrochloric acid, where that might help when they're eating a higher fiber diet as well, um, because you know there are conditions like SIBO where adding fiber to their diet can cause an array of other issues. But for the most part, if we're if if you're adding slowly, I I've used the example before, like a great barrier reef. We we don't just go throw Miracle Grow on on something that we want to like replenish. And that's what I think people are doing with prebiotics and probiotics and a bunch of fiber powders. It's, it's more, isn't always better. It's really thinking about yourself as an ecosystem and going slowly the way nature intended. And what's so great about veggies is that the fibers, you know, and the sugars are all, the sugars are all wrapped up in fiber cells. And you really have to like, masticate or chew and digest it to use it and um and so that's the beauty of a whole food diet and i know we share that um that philosophy as well but but i would say if you're looking to increase your fiber how can you add a veggie to each meal and make sure you chew and take your time and (laughs) don't scroll your phone while you're eating but like that's a great a great way to do it because it really i mean it just has a plethora of benefits and for so many different disease states
0: i love it it's great advice. All right, so one of the other things uh, I've seen you talk about a little bit is doing a 12-hour fast. What, what, is, what, what is that? Because he, I've heard we have, so many people are talking about intermittent fasting and those benefits Or doing water fast or Daniel fast or juice fast. If you talk about doing a 12-hour fast. What's that about?
1: Yeah. Well, I think we need to crawl before we walk, before we run. And so there are people who will eat from seven in the morning till nine or 10 at night after their kids go to bed or when they're up late with their spouse or their roommate. And then they read on the internet that they should only be eating six hours a day, but they haven't even gotten to a place where they're maintaining the normal 12 hour fast, which is say, for example, you wake up and have breakfast at 7 a.m you need to shut it down and have dinner by 7 PM and get consistent with that. Like get good at that because that's what your body technically needs every single day to really go through like normal cleansing processes. And, you know, when it comes to intermittent fasting, I do like intermittent fasting. I think of intermittent fasting, like a tool. I like think of collagen as a tool. I think of probiotics as a tool. Intermittent fasting as a tool for me is, isn't it's always circadian synced. I like my clients to wait a few hours and eat at nine or 10 in the morning and still have, maybe have dinner like a gra- at a grandma's, my grandma's hour, like five at night and yep. be done and call it. Because the thing is, is I get way better results, um, metabolically waistline, you know, skin health, brain health, when people just stop eating dinner earlier. Yeah. I mean, it, you do not need to wait till two or three in the afternoon to eat. Like just, Eat dinner a little earlier and have tea, or shut it down, go to bed early. Like it's it's those simple habits that my you know that all of our grandparents used.
0: we you know it's so interesting. You mentioned grandparents, but you know I I think about Chinese medicine. What you're explaining is exactly what they recommend. It's not hey they don't recommend intermittent fasting. In fact, what they recommend is as you're saying, wake up and move. They say get your blood moving and then eat. Maybe that's you know, eight or nine o'clock or something like that after you're up for an hour or so. And then it's, Hey, eat lunch and eat an early dinner. And, you know, but some people like the worst thing to do is eat a big meal and then go lay down. Like it's just, it's really hard on your digestive system. So man, I love that point. Love it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just, honestly, it's what I'm seeing in my practice. Like I see clients every single day. It's, it's my job here in LA. I'm, I'm talking to women who have kids. I'm talking to women who have really crazy job schedules and and I have men in my practice too, but primarily women, and you know, they get really excited. We have high standards for ourselves, and we wanna jump on whatever is the next best thing, but food isn't going away. It's like the one addiction that we can't just give up. You have to start to build a good relationship with it and you can't just rely on quick fixes. It has to be sustainable.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, one of the other things I wanted to ask you, cause you mentioned this at the very beginning of the program. Um, like for, for myself, like I can just tell you, like I'm always so impressed with my wife's skin. Like my wife, Chelsea has beautiful, great looking skin and, and you do as well. And so Thanks. I'd love to hear from you, you know, what, what are some things for both men and women that, that we can do both internally and externally? Like what, like share what you do, like what do you personally do to have, have great skin?
1: I would say the number one thing that you can do is really increase your leafy greens. Um, so really, that's where I started to see a big change in my skin health. Um, and you know, not to say that I not I'm not about deprivation, but there are certain things that can really be hard on your skin. So things like industrial seed oils, safflower oil, sunflower oil, canola oil, cotton seed oil. L- let me stop you there because
0: this is going to surprise some people. How many health? How many health foods? Is sunflower and safflower oil in though, right? So, so I can't. Why
1: this is, yeah. It's it's so hard for me too because what I'm an accidental influencer. Like I just had a practice. I started talking about things on the internet, and I can't tell you how many emails I get from like the quote unquote new healthiest bar, the new healthiest dressing, the new healthiest dip. And I look at the side of the hummus, or I look at the side of the dressing, and it's just safflower oil or sunflower oil, and I can't. Like I'm just. It, I understand that it's now shelf stable and it's not going to get hard in the refrigerator. So so they're trying to make concessions, but that's the problem. We can't make concessions and healthy food is the type of food that you make at home. Really, like you can use supplements to help like add to your diet, but that kind of stuff, it's, it's, it's omnipresent. It's literally everywhere. So looking for those unhealthy oils, especially because they oxidize in production and they, most of them are using, when you think about how small those seeds are, so like rapeseed oil is canola oil and sunflower, safflower, these little seeds are so small that they're very rarely pressed. And instead they use a chemical called hexane to extract these oils and hexane and heat especially is going to completely oxidize these oils before they're even put in your dressing or your hummus. And then you're ingesting these oxidized oils and they become part of your cell membranes. They lower our ability, you know, the the connection in our synapses. They, they, are basically oxidized oils in the the new cells of of our skin and our skin is constantly sloughing off and like regenerating. So you want to think about those healthy oils. And so the best anti-inflammatory oil to increase in your diet to have healthy skin would be omega threes. So you should be taking in omega three, you should be eating Wild seafood. Um, that's been, I would say, leafy greens, wild seafood and vitamin C in, internally have been like the game changers nutritionally for me and my skin. Um, and I think about the same things for the outside of my skin. Like how am I adding vitamin C? Am I using a vitamin C serum? What kind of healthy um, antioxidant-rich oils am I using on my skin? Um, it's really it's not aggressive stuff, it's just nutrition from the inside out and sweating. Like work out, move your body. I've that's like a major benefit too.
0: So talk to me about this. Like, what do you what are you putting in your morning smoothie? Cause I know I've heard you reference it too. This is your your Fab Four smoothie, but also your beauty smoothie. It's great for your skin. What are the main ingredients in there?
1: So, because I eat animal proteins like chicken breast and salmon fillet, and you know grass-fed beef or whatever, I actually round out my amino acid profile with collagen. So the col- the protein that I use in my morning smoothie most often is collagen, and sometimes I'm adding a grass-fed beef protein to that. Or, um, but for the most part, I'm just exclusively using collagen. Um, I probably get. 60 to 80 grams of protein with branched chain amino acids throughout the day after that. Um, so I'm not worried about being protein deficient, but I really want that glycine and proline. Like I really want the amino acids that I'm not getting from those muscle meats. So I start with collagen and I'm either using vanilla or chocolate on average. And I actually have your vanilla collagen in my cabinet cabinet right now. Thanks to your team. Appreciate you guys. (laughs) So, um, I just actually, uh, so I have, I, would start maybe with a vanilla collagen, um, and then healthy fats. I'm either adding like a quarter to a half an avocado, depending on its size. Um, I have a recipe called the spa smoothie, which I do on repeat. So that's vanilla collagen, avocado. I add, um, a Persian cucumber, uh, a big, huge handful of spinach and the juice of half a lemon. So, lots of vitamin C in the spinach and the lemon, good healthy fats in that avocado. It makes that smoothie really thick. And then I add a tablespoon or two of chia or flax.
0: I love that. That's all. That's, I mean, it's pretty much what I do every morning. I throw some berries in there, so I get a yeah. few more carbs, but it's, uh man, that's great. Hey, I want to, uh, I, I do want to mention this for everybody listening. If you guys want to check out that smoothie and you have so many fantastic recipes, like that's, I was so impressed with your website. Thanks. You've got some Fan, great recipe. So, everybody can go to if you guys want to check out some of Kelly's amazing recipes, go to Kelly, K E L L Y Levac. It's L E V E Q U E Kelly or just Google search Kelly Levac and uh, make sure to make sure to check that out. So Tell what supplements do you take, or you want a specific you know su- supplement regimen.
1: Yeah. So I've actually been, um, I just told you I had a 16 month old son and I am just finishing breastfeeding right now. So I've been on a prenatal um, and I also take um, an omega-3 and a D3K2 and then I take magnesium at night. Nice. So that's my little arsenal of things for the most part. And my prenatal has um, the methylated forms of B vitamins, so that's really important to me. Um, vitamin C and then a little D, but I, I supplement with more um, D3 and K2 in a, in a liquid dropper. Um, yeah, and then magnesium at night. So those are, that's what we say, like the most simple plan. I think when I wasn't pregnant or breastfeeding, there were a few other things that I would take a little more often. I love adaptogens like ashwagandha and rhodiola. Yeah. Um, And I was a little bit more open to taking things, but, um, I'm just, you know, I, am a real minimalist when I'm pregnant or breastfeeding.
0: That's awesome. I love it. So a couple more questions for you. And by the way, this has been fantastic. I love your nutritional philosophies and I love how simple you make things. And I mentioned again, everybody, everybody's got to check out the recipes on your website because they are just phenomenal. Um, so Let's talk about mindset for a minute, because I know for myself when I run my, run my ran my functional medicine clinic in you know years ago that I um, mindset was so key. You know, working with cli- you know patients or clients and and helping them know like your body has an amazing ability to heal and. You know, and a lot of patients I know and clients that maybe they've been told you're going to have to live this with this for the rest of your life or they're on social media and thinking one thing. How, how do you guide, you know, any specific things that you do that when you're working with clients to help them succeed in their mindset?
1: Yeah, um, I would say focusing on the positive. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's something that I was taught at a young age from my parents. Um, you know, I was raised... Um, Christian and have like a faithful practice in my life. I was raised to be active and then be really thankful for like the blessings of my life. Um, and it's something that was set, I was sort of built into me at a young age. And it's something I'm really grateful that was something that my parents talked about like at the dinner table every day. How was your day? What's something good that happened today? Mm. And it got us in the practice of thinking of new things that we were really happy about. And I do that today. And I've Been reminded by multiple practitioners that I work with here that I refer out to in LA here that like that gratitude practice is so important. It's not just like I'm grateful for my spouse and my health and my job. No, it's like I'm grateful that my son Sebastian um, was we were able to go to the park, even though we're quarantined, and you know, he was laughing and running around, and like his laugh is just like makes my day. Like that specific, because then you start thinking about how you think about those things and they you, your mind just starts, they just start coming to you. And, um, it's really, it's really fun and beautiful. Like I, especially in this time when everyone is, you know, everyone's all in it together and everyone's staying home. But I would say for, for me personally, um, it's come up a lot more for me. Like I have been in my kitchen more than I have. I have, you know, It's made me a better neighbor. I'm looking my neighbors in the eye and smiling at them in LA is a city where you don't do that very often. I know New York, sometimes it's even worse, but in this now, it's like, we're looking at each other in the eye, smiling, even though we can't really like be interact. It's those type of moments that I think really solidify this gratitude practice and, and allow me to get really specific about the things that are so special in my life And, you know, it is tough when you have a diagnosis or you have something go wrong in your life that is really hard to get over, but like, where can we find the silver lining and, um, and really, really share our story to help others. I think that that's what I empower my clients to do that have, um, diagnoses like Lyme disease or multiple, um, you know, MS or, um, you know, I personally have celiac disease. It's not something I like to dwell on. I don't talk about it very often. I think I mentioned it one time in one of my books, um, but it's, it's, that's fine. It just, it doesn't bother me. I don't eat gluten. It's not something that I allow affecting to affect my life.
0: Wow. I mean, I love it. I know I'm just, again, uh, I'm inspired by you. And I know one of the things that you said that's so important is that practice of, of gratefulness. I've heard people talk about it before, but Going deep, giving very, very specifics of what happened to you yesterday, today, like what was that moment and reflecting on it and praising God for it and connect, you know, and just being grateful for it. I just, I love that practice. You know, we're in a world today that's, you know, I, I keep quoting the study, but a study came out a few years ago and it said 60 to 80% of all doctors visits are stress related due to negative emotions like fear and worry and anxiety. And the way to combat that is doing exactly what you're saying, it's having this mentality of, hope, faith, gratefulness, loving and being kind to others. Like those things naturally take you out of that state of fear when you're not focusing on yourself. So anyway, just powerful. I want to mention to everybody, I just want to encourage you guys to check out Kelly's book. Kelly, one of the last things I want to ask you is, can you walk us through your new book? It's called Body Love Every Day. What can people find in your book? What are the benefits in there? And I'm going to talk about it in a minute as well, just to kind of wrap up. But share, what are your? tell us about your new book.
1: Yeah. So, um, body love every day has two parts. The first part goes through a chapter on blood sugar balance, and then a chapter on protein, fat, fiber, and greens. And it's all about the positive stuff. It's all the good stuff. Like why is protein good for you? Why is fat good for you? Why is fiber good for you? Why is getting enough leafy greens and phytochemicals good for you? I talk about like genetic processes to, you know, Um, bioavailability, all of it, nutrient density. It's really um, chock full of science in the beginning. And then the second half is actually four different lifestyles who might live the Fab Four life or use the Fab Four to live their best life. So I have a chapter on Girl on the Go, and that includes things like, how would you pick a protein bar? How would you avoid those industrial seed oils we were talking about? How would you pick a protein powder? Um, The second um, chapter is red carpet ready, and that's because I do have clients like, Emmy Rossum and Jennifer Garner and Jessica Alba who have had to get ready for role-specific things. And I want people to know these are the tools and tricks that I used with them. It, again, isn't rocket science. It's just maybe shrinking that feeding window to the daylight hours. Um, It may be getting a fasted workout in. It's it's how little tools can really, really work synergistically together to get you where you want to go. Um and then it's there's a plant-based plan. So I do have clients that I work with that are plant-based and I um I am here to support those lifestyles. And it's important for me that those people have a tool. And so I go through why I might not recommend something like a processed fake meat burger, but how you can really lean on things like lentils and garbanzo beans and and seeds to get the protein your body needs, and how you might supplement with a protein powder, things of that nature. Um, and then the last one is domestic goddess. And that's really, you know, 45 minute long recipes. It's everything from scratch, from fermented veggies to coconut yogurts. So there's, Hundreds of recipes, hundreds of smoothie recipes and um, Fab-4-based recipes. It's, you'll see once you read the book how easy it is to just look on your plate and be like, "Oh, there's my healthy fat, there's my protein, there's my leafy greens. I know it could be as easy as like a veggie scramble with avocado, or, you know, something really fancy like whole mackerel."
0: Yeah, it's fantastic.
1: So, yeah, sorry, I'm long-winded. <laughs> oh No, it's
0: great. Well, I, uh, again, I want to encourage everybody. And and one other thing, I mean, I think that that's not, this isn't something we talked about a lot yet on this podcast, but again, you're, you know, you've got clients like Jessica Alba and Jennifer Garner, and you've helped them with their nutrition. And so anybody out there, I'm sure everybody knows who, again, Jennifer, uh, you know, Jessica Alba and Jennifer Garner, and just look at how fit they are, how healthy they are. And so again, if you want to follow a plan to, that's very similar to the same of what those, you know. Celebrities who are amazing people as well. What they've done again. I just want to encourage you guys check out Kelly's new book. It's called Body Love Every Day. You can get it on Amazon.com right now or BarnesandNoble.com. It's found in bookstores nationwide. But Body Love Every Day, and again, you can get the book. You can get the audio book or listen to it. But just want to. I highly recommend this book. It's fantastic. So I want to encourage you guys go out and check out the book by Kelly Levesque, Body Love Every Day. Kelly, I want to say you rock. I appreciate you being on here. And um, again, I just love your mindset. You know, I interview a lot of people and I appreciate you sort of removing the complexity, making it simple that, so really this is something everybody can do, but I know people are going to see phenomenal results when they follow your fab four and check out your book and you know, all the fantastic recipes on your website, kellylebeck.com. So Kelly, again, thanks so much for being on the show today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Axe. You're definitely going on my my gratitude list tonight.
0: Oh, man, I'm honored. Awesome. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. I'll be back another week with another episode of the Dr. Axe Show. Well, uh, I'll see you soon. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you have a question you want me to answer, let me know. Head on over to draxe.com forward slash podcast to send in your questions. And if you're loving the show, make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe and share with your family and friends. By doing so, you may just be transforming their life. Thanks for committing to transform lives with me. Tune in next week for more. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and ingredients discussed in this podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you believe you may have a medical condition, please consult your doctor. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guests' qualifications or credibility. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.